All right. So, uh, yeah, I was just telling you before, we've got people recommending us some more weird old uh, crime dramas and stuff. But before we get back to the real world, I thought since uh, last week our little anime cartoon excursion, it went over pretty well. So I thought maybe one more week of that before we get back to... Sure. Yeah, stuff. it was really enjoyable. Yeah. So uh, I don't usually, I don't, I'm not a big Reddit guy, but I went to the Reddit for that show Yuru Camp and I just posted like, hey, I showed my mom Yuru Camp, <laughs> you know, so, so it's like, uh, you know, anime people now who would normally never be paying attention to any of the stuff we're doing. So they hopped in to check it out. So we got some comments like uh, that it was a wholesome, very wholesome conversation of just talking about camping and stuff, which I'll take because I've had like bad reviews on my writing podcast because I swear so much and stuff. So if I get to be wholesome for once, uh, uh, somebody else mentioned that uh, they like the the live action show. And I was like, yeah, maybe I was a little hard on it because you didn't mind the live action one so much. But yeah, no, I didn't. Right. I didn't, but but of the two of them, the anime was right. was I liked it better, but but I liked the other one too. So yeah, it might have been it might have been a little strong for me. I mean, uh, about how Japan's TV shows are the worst in the world. <laughs> I went in pretty two footed on that one, but uh, yeah, maybe I should give it more of a shot because uh, you know maybe it's not so bad. So anyway, along those lines, that type of show that that show is, the uh, calming, you know, chill-out show, there's another show, I mentioned it a little bit last week, called Nan Nan Biori, that I don't even know what that means. I looked it up one time, and there's no, who knows, just some weird title that uh, I don't even think it has a direct translation. But, uh, well, I thought maybe, like, I feel like this one's a a little harder to get into, maybe, because at least Yoru Camp is just about camping, you know? It's pretty clear what this show's about. Where Nananbiori is just about living in uh, in the countryside. Like, the only kind of plot in this first episode at all is that the youngest kid in their little friend group, she's like six years old, and she's starting to figure out that she lives somewhere different, you know? Like, one of the examples is, you know, you learn at school, if you drive 60 miles an hour, you can get 60 miles away in an hour. But not really, because of traffic lights and stuff. But where they live... You really can, because they've never heard of a fucking traffic light. <laughs> you know, so she's starting to piece together, like, something's different about this. So it's a little less down-to-earth than Eurocamp, and it's, like, a little bit weird, wacky, offbeat humor and stuff. So, again, I don't know. We'll see if you like it or not. But I thought what it might be interesting about it is it kind of reminds me a little bit of Campobello Island, where you didn't, like, grow up there, but you spent some of your youth there, right? Yeah, I spent two years in my last two years of high school. I spent there, and I, of course, went back and spent my summers there when I was going to university. But, uh, yeah, well, okay. Well, okay. well, what made me think of that is uh, for people that I'm sure most people don't know, but it's a Canadian island, but it's, you know, it's an island. So, and there's, I don't know how many people live there, but not a ton. And the only connection to the mainland is Lubeck. Is that what the yeah, place is called? it's a bridge, the Franklin Roosevelt bridge which connected the island to Lubeck, Maine, which is the most eastern point in the United States. Um, it connected, the, I think it was built in 1961, maybe? Up to that point, islanders would have to take a ferry, and there was a ferry link, there were two ferry links, I, I understand, I didn't live there then, didn't know anything about it. Right. But there was a ferry link that went to Eastport, Maine, and there was a ferry link that went to Lubeck, Maine. And, uh, yeah, and that's especially... And fishing boats. And then there were fishing boats that would go everywhere. And especially weird because Lubeck 
is America. Yeah. Maine is America, and yeah. we're Canada. So we're Canada. So we're this funny, Campobello is, there's three islands, three big islands in the in the Bay of Fundy. There's Grand Manan Island, there's Deer Island, which are both the, well, Grand Manan Island is way out in the ocean. Uh, it's like two, a two-hour ferry ride to get there, an hour and a half to two hours, depending on which ferry you take. Deer Island is very closely connected to a place called Latite, which is uh, Canadian. Those are, they're all Canadian, right? All those islands? They're all Canadian islands. And then there is Campobello Island, which is kind of to the south a little bit and very close in proximity to the state of Maine. And that's why those connections with Maine are, you know, they had ferries going to two American ports. And when the bridge was built, it connected to the closest point to it, which was Lubeck, Maine. And so now when you go to Campobello Island and you want to leave, you have to get on the bridge, go to Lubeck, Maine, and then travel up the coast of the state of Maine for approximately 70 miles. And then you uh, arrive back in Canada at the town of St. Stephen. So yeah, it's just definitely weird. It kind of reminds me that now that I think about it, it's like a much softer version, but it's a little bit like the uh, Kowloon Walled City that we were watching a thing about where, you know, because it was technically part of China, but it was within British ruled Hong Kong. So just geographic or like politically, it makes it isolated. So it's it's kind of like that with Campobello, like it's technically two countries. It's pretty fluid going between the two. But every time you leave the island, you got to go through customs and you're technically in a different country. And so it's it would be isolated anyway, but that kind of makes it extra isolated. And uh, and I guess what made me think of it in relation to this show is like it's you know, a bunch of your family still lives there, so we were always visiting. Only place I've ever been in my life without a McDonald's. <laughs> and I was visiting there one summer, and yeah, it was like, hey, we got some, some money, let's go to the store to buy some candy. Because there's one store, at least that's how it was in the 90s. I don't know what's going on there these days. I don't even think there's a store there. Yes, there is a store. Uh, it's a co-op store, but it's about, it's on the island, but it would be eight miles from where we live. So yeah, in this show, they mentioned that too, like, you don't have a convenience store? And they're like, well, we got a store, you know, it's, or another example, I guess, of how small it is, is my cousin still the mayor? Not anymore. He's been replaced, (laughs) but he was the mayor. Yeah, Stephen. (laughs) Yeah. So yeah, it's a, it's a small place. So yeah, this show, I feel like it's not as uh, easy to get into as Eurocamp because it's a little more abstract, but, but maybe that connection will make it interesting. And again, it's just beyond the characters and the plot and what little there is it's really just like ah the countryside look at this like these kids might be a little bit annoyed that they live in the middle of nowhere but as a viewer you're just like ah the middle of nowhere how nice and then if we want to after i just got another episode of Eurocamp. if we want to watch one more thing just because you know watch them go camping again fuck it why not <laughs> to, to wrap up our anime odyssey so yeah this is the very first episode of non non biori where uh this girl who used to live in Tokyo moves to I don't even think they ever say where this place is because this one is not as far as I know a real place it's just but it is kind of like this even though this is the deep countryside even though I was only on like the outskirts of uh, Fukuoka and Tokyo it still gets like this remarkably fast like an hour outside of Tokyo a lot of this stuff looked similar to where I was except I had a subway and convenience stores and they do not (laughs)
So yeah, that show, like, even even more laid back than laid back camp. <laughs> like I was saying, how uh, is over two minutes before anyone said anything at the start. <laughs> like, yeah, well, the the camping one, something did happen. The, the girl got, the girls met up at that girl that was lost on her bike, or right, you know, and they struck up a friendship. What this was making but me think of a bit. This is like a slice of life. This is like really. Nothing happened. <laughs> but even beyond really beyond slice of life, even because I was thinking, like, if you wanted to Americanize either of these shows, I was thinking the easiest way to do it would be, and it would be horrible, is like, what if one of the camping girls or one of these girls say that their parents are getting divorced, so they go camping or they hang out in the wilderness, and then they have the big dramatic conversation about oh my parents are getting divorced like that's what america would do just so there would be a story so like it's easy to criticize these shows for not having a story but it would be so much crappier if they put one in (laughs) like like this is i like that this is so low stakes it kind of would remind me of watching it again is uh especially because this show has so much more of the country vibe is uh petticoat junction where you know, you just check in every week. Oh, let's just see what these country folk are up to. Except in this case, they're really not up to anything. <laughs> no, it's like it's like just showing, uh, like a little documentary on a day in the life of so-and-so. Right. And it's kind of neat how, like I was just saying, as we watched it too, something I never thought of when it, the first time I watched this show, but because we watched some other stuff about the Japanese countryside and how everybody moves to the big cities and there's this, it's like becoming a problem with all these empty houses and uh, cities in Japan, like or little villages in Japan where everyone in the village is over 60. And then there's there's a few, there's like 100, where everyone's over 80. And every time a, a person goes by in the background of this show, it's always an old person. And their school is pretty big, but there's like the space for all the the shoes and there's only the few little spots like it's just kind of neat that they don't mention it they don't bring it up directly but that's what this is this is one of those towns and these are the kids that are stuck there (laughs) that somehow they didn't get to leave so uh yeah again it's one of those things like i was saying last week i could easily see how somebody would not be into this because uh it's about nothing and it's very slow but if this is what you want yeah, ah, you so want nice. yeah, nice quiet pastoral scenes. Um, they're they're introducing this girl from the city uh, to the country life, and what's kind of nice about her is, oftentimes in these shows you because I've seen shows like this before. You have too, but usually the person from the big city is like comparing it to the big city. Right. Here's what it was like when we lived there. Here's what we did. Here's like, what you don't you don't have that. You don't have this. There was none of that. That girl's of just a, a very shy girl who just kind of gets introduced to this stuff. And speaking of Petticoat Junction, uh, like that's Green Acres, right? <laughs> Where you get the the fancy pants who moves to the country. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, this is yeah, like that except uh, take out take out all the story. <laughs> Forget that. Yeah, the uh, yeah, the girl from the city, she's remarkably nice, <laughs> you know, because she sees the writing on the wall right away of, like, when they're having their little debates about, like, hey, you know, so there's cattle crossings and no traffic lights. It doesn't mean we live in the country. <laughs> and she's nice enough to not bring yeah, that. Just up. <laughs> go along with it rather than uh, rather than most of these shows that are similar to this have the the person who has to brag about, well, what my life was like before, right. what we did before. Um, and she doesn't do any of that. She just goes along with whatever the others sh- tell her, show her. 
very calming. <laughs> and, and also, I guess there's that little, I mean, it is, it's again, really subtle, but it, like the show could have been about the malaise of the city girl stuck in this country town. But if there is that, you kind of got to infer it yourself. And it's, it's very under the surface. Like it's more like that scene at the end when they're at the cherry blossom tree and she sees the countryside and she just stretches and it's like, ah, maybe this isn't so bad. Maybe I feel okay about this is the only indication that she didn't feel that way before, mm. <laughs> you know? And when the bus, they miss the bus and she's surprised that it's two hours before the next bus, but she doesn't, she, she doesn't whine or anything about it. She just, she just comments. Oh, really? Or what? Or, you know, but it's not like, oh, my God, in Tokyo, we could catch a bus every 10 minutes. She, uh, yeah, yeah, it was, uh, and I could see someone at the end of a long day, whether you're a, a kid in school or you're somebody who's worked all day long, and as you said about the other show, you just want to go home and not really get all hung up or chill. You just want to chill. Well, that does it for you. Yeah, and uh, again, too, with, like, the vicariousness of it because yeah you you probably even if your life in tokyo is pretty stressful you probably wouldn't move to one of these towns because lord knows you could they're everywhere there's a bunch of empty houses they're begging people to move there <laughs> but you probably don't really want to live there but if you just want to stop in for 25 minutes <laughs> and look at some butterflies and shit and the jokes in that show are very weird like like uh how she's got the the pet tanuki which is like a kind of raccoon type creature that she just goes in the backyard and knows how to whistle to make this pet raccoon thing show up. But that's the one time it, it's like they, it's like where they point out that this is not a normal cartoon, where it turns into a normal Japanese cartoon for a second, where she claims that this thing is going to do a trick. And it does that thing, we used to call them speed lines back in the day, like Speed Racer and Akira, where it's just like, oh, what's going to do? It's going to do the trick. And there's all these lines that go by in the background. And then it just stands there and does nothing. And like that's like the show, in case you weren't totally sure, that's the show saying, for certain, nothing's going to happen here. <laughs> so <laughs> you're in or you're out. And yeah, I, I don't know that this show is more popular than Yuru Camp. It came out first, but this is popular. Like They made a movie of it and stuff. And, uh, and yeah, again, it's just, I guess I can only say the same stuff I said last week, but it's just so neat that Japan has this. This is an option because... Uh, because again, like we have slice of life, but but ours are such a drag. Because yes, yeah, somebody would have died in a car crash, or someone's mm. getting divorced, or something bad is happening. It almost crosses the line of rather than a episodic show or anything like this. It it's almost documentary. Right. Like here's here's life in the country. Let me just show you. <laughs> And there's like little stuff. I was thinking actually. Now that I think back, I feel like the only character even that has much of a storyline is uh the really short girl who's the oldest of them she's in like eighth grade but she's shorter than everyone except the first grader and she's got a real complex about it where she's like how does this fifth grader from tokyo she's taller than me she's in fifth grade and there's this story because they've got a there's this specific kind of uh swimwear that you wear in elementary school and then you know you don't wear it after that but because they live in the country and they don't have a ton of money and that kid never got taller, she still has to wear her old... She's in eighth grade, but she has to wear the thing that elementary school kids wear. And she's just like, fuck. <laughs> but when I think back to this show, that's the only thing I can think of is her continuing complex with being short. <laughs> and that's it. That's the only plot that I can remember. <laughs> so. 
Yeah, it's kind of neat too, that tree you were mentioning, that's the cherry blossom tree. I don't know if they, you said you saw like a tree like that in Victoria, oh, in Victoria, BC? There's t- there were tons of them and it was beautiful. And I just happened to be there at the time when they were in blossom, whereas other trees were not. Like in those scenes that you saw there, there was a lot of greenery in the background. Right. In Victoria, in March, other trees had not come into bloom yet. And that's all you saw. But those trees were loaded with those blossoms like that. So they're not they're not uh, exaggerating anything when they drew those trees. No green in them, just pink blossoms and just full of them. It was absolutely fabulous looking. And they had lots of them. Yeah, that's cool because like, those are really famous in Japan. Uh, it's, it's, yeah, like a two-week period that, that that blossoming happens. And I got there after that, so I didn't see any of that stuff. But yeah, it's really famous in Japanese stuff, and it never occurred to me that that the west coast of Canada might have those mm. because it's this very similar climate, yeah, and there's a it, huge Asian population, and they would probably bring them if they didn't have them. Yeah. <laughs> you know, well, but yeah, I never saw I, them. I hadn't myself. thought about it either. Well, I knew when I saw them in Victoria that they were well known in Japan, but I, I never really thought much of it except that they were so pretty. The thing I, I found fascinating about them too, though, is that was that was during March break. So that was the first week of March that I was out there. Well, here there was still snow on the ground and nothing. You flowers, come on! You weren't <laughs> going to see flowers for a couple of months. So all of a sudden we got out there and uh, there was no snow. Um, and here were these these trees in full bloom, and it's like wow! It's only the first week of March. Like what's going on going on? Because you think well, Canada. You think, kind of think, you know that there's differences in temperature, but you sort of think we're all the same right across the board. But uh, not on the east coast, the west coast of those mountains. It's entirely different than the rest of Canada. Yeah, it's it's like bizarre that it's the same country. Like when I moved out there initially, and just the idea that all my ID worked and all the money's the same. Like I'm just a citizen out there, and I could just get a job, and everything was fine. Because it feels completely different and again it's just really the mountains because even if you go all the way to Alberta it's just cold it's just Canada it's different but it's not that different but yeah you get across the Rockies and it's a whole whole different ball game yeah and see temperature wise they're probably very similar to Japan I never thought about it at all until I saw that until I just saw this right now yeah so anyway yeah there's that show but I thought just since we're we're already here sitting around watching stuff. Do you want to watch one more camping yeah. show? The sure, camping we'll show? watch the camping show. I really enjoyed the camping show last week. So so instead of just the very next episode, I jumped ahead a little bit. So this is episode five. They're split off into two groups at this point. So the pink-haired girl, Nadishko, she became friends with the camping group in school. So they go off and do their camping adventure. But Rin, the girl with the bun in her hair, she eventually becomes more friendly with all of them but she's still a weird loner at this point so she's off on her own on her little moped she has her moped adventure they have their group camping adventure and uh i was gonna say that's all i can remember about this episode but i mean that's probably it (laughs) if anything else happens i'll be shocked (laughs) this isn't even because i thought this might have been the one i was telling you how there's one where she gets lost while she's on a bike trip but I don't even think this is it. Like, with the road closure, I'm pretty sure that doesn't even happen in this episode. So we'll see. We'll see if anything happens. But that's what's so interesting about these shows is uh, it's almost preferable if nothing does happen. We're not, that's not, not what we're here for. Oh, yeah, so this is, a, I don't know if I said, episode five of Eurocamp for anyone watching along at home. Yes, yeah, so this is kind of a 
<laughs> just coincidental. So yeah, I guess that episode, you know, they, they go camping, they take pictures of their respective views and send them to each other. That's, that's really it. That's the plot. <laughs> but uh, I think more of the plot was uh, giving us all those hints on camping. Yeah. They taught us how to make curry soup. They taught us how to make a, a, a curry noodle dish uh, and how to make a, an interesting fire from logs held together and held by wire, although theirs didn't work. And uh, yeah, and just like stuff like how different elevations make water boil at different. Yeah. So if oh you're... yes, they gave us all that information, <laughs> all that instructional information as a sideline. If your noodles are too thick, yeah, you might need thinner noodles because <laughs> the boiling point is different. <laughs> just weird stuff like that. Yeah, what a what a cool show. But yeah, just uh, this is so weird that this coincidentally happened to be that episode. Is uh, there's like these benches in Odell Park behind my apartment where. Uh, I, it was, this must have been like last summer because it was still warm out. So I was laying on my back doing these stretches I have to do for my crappy scoliosis on this uh, park bench. And I was watching an episode of this show on my phone. And it was that episode where they're taking these pictures of the night sky. And it was so weird because I was laying on my back, looking at my phone, watching a show about taking a picture of the sky. But then behind it, I could see the actual sky. So then I took a picture of that for my Instagram. So see, there's my phone. There's that scene from that show we just watched. Right. And there's, and there's, the there's this guy. nice guy behind it. <laughs> How weird, right? <laughs> it just came back to me because I was like, oh, that was that episode. So I'll, I'll put that as the episode image for the podcast or I'll put it on the YouTube video. Because <laughs> like, How weird that that's just... But that's what I like about that show too. Like if I'm going to be outside hanging out on a park bench watching cartoons, that's the perfect show to watch. It just feels like outdoorsness you know it's like again uh, when i saw the first show i felt the same way it's like uh, okay i think i want to go camping yeah i want to try some of this stuff <laughs> and then man that episode two was really based heavily on uh on hot springs on onsen and that's like at least the other camping stuff we could actually do that's like i wish we could do that i wish we had those <laughs> that would be so great and just that they're just spread around like you can just travel to one and just yeah, take off your clothes, jump in. Yeah, must be nice, because, yeah, like, I didn't do anything like that when I was in Japan, because I was just on my own. Like, I would I would really need somebody to take me, you know, and walk me through it or whatever. But, yeah, even just watching those back-to-back, it's weird, because I think, I don't know. I don't know which one I like better, but... I like the camping trip one better. Yeah, it's definitely easier to sink your teeth into, right? Yeah, and I think it's because, I think it's because they throw in those things, like the recipe for making some of that food, um that interesting little thing with how they made this fire candle yeah stuff that you think yeah yeah, i could i'd kind of like to try to do that and the first show had stuff like that in it too whereas the other show really doesn't doesn't tell you It, it it shows you a very nice pastoral lifestyle and and those girls living in it but it really doesn't give you any meat to take away with you whereas the camping show does yeah like i, I guess last I mean, week, even the cooking you wouldn't even have to go out to cook you just go home and cook yeah make that with stuff. The stuff i mean <laughs> and they give you all the instructions as to how to do it and it looks delicious even if it's an animation and yeah i guess like last week when i was describing this type of show these yashike shows i guess the description fits more with non nanbiori it truly is about nothing where Eurocamp is about camping and cooking. Camp, <laughs> it's like cooking. a secret cooking show. Yep. 
yeah, I'm almost tempted to write down, go back and write down that recipe. Go home and do it. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure someone probably has, like, yeah, the website of the, the combined, uh, all the recipes of the show, you know. Because I bet there are people, like, I know there's people that go to the real places. But, yeah, I'm sure there's probably some guys probably got a website where he made all the recipes, too. <laughs> like, why not? It's kind of fun. But, yeah, and it's neat, too, where, uh, where I was saying, like, Nanan Biori, it is kind of supposed to be about that sort of dreamy hazy like you kind of remember being a kid and you didn't have anything to do all day you just ran around with played with sticks and did dumb shit out in the woods and it's kind of fun but kind of pointless and that's sort of what that show is supposed to impart where the camping show it's like it's a little idealized like i was saying how it's it's a little strange how they're just so upbeat all the time, even when they're making a tent. I've never seen someone smile while they're making a tent in my life. <laughs> you know, that's a neutral no, thing. No, no, everybody, you're cursing and swearing because you hit your hand, you hit your yeah. hand with the mallet, and you can't find the pegs, the, the tent doesn't go up like it should. So it's definitely a little weird in that sense. It's a little heightened. But on the other hand, they are showing, like, the other side of it, too, of, like, it's, it's actually really cold, and, oh, this yeah. view didn't work out today, and this place you wanted to go to is closed. The girl that is traveling on her own is much more down-to-earth. Yeah. Yeah, it was almost a little let down in, in later shows in season two as she becomes better friends with everybody because she acts more like them. And I kind of liked it better when she's a bit of a weird little loner who just kind of does her own little thing. Well, that was good. I wouldn't mind watching another one of those sometime. Um, yeah, I mean, <laughs> why not, right? Because right? like, I remember, uh, well, that was one of those things that didn't quite work out, but I was, uh, those Paolo from Tokyo videos, the guy who does those day in the life of Japanese uh, businesses, different workers, right. mm -hmm. we were going to start throwing those in, but it just kind of didn't fit in. But instead, we could just do the camping show, you know? There's not that many episodes. There's only, I don't know, 10 or 12, and there's two seasons, so... You know, just throw them in until you get bored of them. Why not? Yeah, well, I think as a result of watching them, um, I, I'm going to spend some time out at my camp this summer. <laughs> yeah. I, I won't be doing what they're doing with setting up camps and everything because I've already got a camp. Right. But making fires, cooking little meals on top of your little cooker, sure. <laughs> but uh, that camping show definitely is uh, into making an enjoyable show about camping where you're following these girls. But they're teaching you stuff all the way along. So, cool. I liked it. <laughs>